Welcome. This is the Ag Engineering Podcast, where we talk tools, tips, and techniques to improve the sustainability of your farm. I am your host, Andy Chamberlain, from the University of Vermont Extension, and this podcast is supported by Northeast SARE, providing grants and education to advance innovation in sustainable agriculture. We're trying to improve the industry by chatting with farmers and getting their input on tools, tips, or techniques that have changed the way they farm for good. Many of these practices affect multiple areas of the farm. Whether it be environmentally, emotionally, physically, or financially, we share the knowledge to promote sustainable agriculture, lifestyle, and business. Thanks for having a listen. Now, let's get started. Today's episode comes to you from Middlesex, Vermont, where we talk with Patrick Sullivan of Ananda Gardens. He and his wife have been farming the last five years, and they're growing one and a half acres with about a quarter under high tunnels. They're in zone four, just outside of Montpelier, Vermont, and their markets are 150 member CSA. Last year, they were over 50% restaurants and wholesale markets, but that pivoted this year and is only about 25% of their business. This year, their gross sales are looking to hit just about $175,000. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me. So if you could describe your farm in one sentence, what would you say? Uh, Vermont's wellness farm. That's uh, that's our motto, uh, producing healthy food and living soil for our community. And we also... Um, yeah, we also say that we produce, you know, the same food that we grow to feed our kids and our family. We produce that for our community. So that's that's a huge motivator to, um, yeah, to produce really healthy food, uh, something that, that we feel comfortable feeding to our family, uh, that that same quality goes out to our to our community, to our customers. That's a, a good motto to have for sure. Previously, we had you on and you talked about how you used uh, compost on your farm and uh, got a really high value of production out of that. So if listeners haven't checked out the last episode with Patrick, I recommend you do so because uh, he's got his systems dialed in and I've been to the farm. It's very uh, clean and productive and impressive. So it's a great episode there and you should check that one out. But today's episode, we wanted to learn a little bit about uh, Patrick and his farm and uh, get into a little bit more details uh, about him. So uh, first question here today is if you could tell me a little bit about a time when you felt really successful farming. Sure, Andy. Um, you know, it's a, I would say it's a little sensitive because I know this year has been a really hard year for a lot of people. A lot of businesses um, have not been successful. A lot of restaurants have had to close. But I think for us, this really this spring and this year has been a time when we felt really successful. Um, so I say that you know humbly, but we were really able to take advantage of the opportunity um, in the spring when people. Now, there was already a conscious, a certain level of um, consciousness around healthy local food, but that was really uh, catapulted forward through the COVID pandemic. Uh, a lot of people started reaching out to us, I mean, in a way that we had never experienced before. Um, 
So I would have to say that this spring and specifically this year is a time that we felt really successful. We've been, you know, I think in our fifth year now, we've really been building all the systems to be able to um, make a jump this year. And so it's a lot of back work. It's not, um, you know, we didn't just start our farm this year and then um, kind of create a, sex, a successful farm in one year. It was really the work of the last five years. Uh, but this year, for example, we went, we, we, we were hearing so much from community in a way that was really unprecedented. People just contacting us all at like all hours of the day asking how they could get um, fresh produce, uh, <clears throat> you know, from the middle of March on. And so we launched a spring CSA, which we hadn't done before. We worked with another local farm who produces a lot of storage crops that we really like. Uh, and so brought their potatoes in and then offered a bunch of our greens, worked with a baker who we've been working with for a year and offered bread and put together just a, a simple and a weekly share, uh, offered it to our community and we sold out in two hours, which over the last four years, um, sometimes getting new CSA members has been like pulling teeth. You just, we do everything we can. We market in every way we can and we have you know little by little grown our farm uh so kind of overnight to to have a situation where we're really um yeah i wouldn't say yes well we're we were kind of doing everything we could on the back end to meet the need is a really different uh scenario for us so we were able to take that um and more than double our summer CSA numbers. We were able to kind of hit the ground running, so to speak, uh, from all the things that we've been doing over the last years to double our production, even a little bit more than double our production, um, and grow our CSA to a level that uh, now we feel like we're, you know, financially sound, we're financially sustainable, which is just yeah for us is it feels like a huge success do you think you're going to retain those customers that you picked up this year we are cautiously optimistic um <laughs> yeah i mean the economy is definitely uh you know it's like uh, we never know and um something could happen just as something happened this year and really propelled us forward i mean something could always happen and um, people couldn't, you know, there's maybe people couldn't afford to purchase a CSA. But, and we really can't go to, we can't really go down on our price uh, because we're already offering yeah, a competitive price for what we do. Our profit margin isn't gigantic. Uh, so we really, we can't kind of make our product cheaper paying the amount that we're paying for um, farm help for our supplies. Uh, so I think we think we can maintain the same numbers. Our goal is to maintain the same numbers um, this coming year as we did this year. We'll, we'll increase our spring CSA a bit because, you know, we now have done it one year and we know that it can work. We just put up another greenhouse, so we'll have some more capacity. 
to produce screens a lot of the things that'll go in that chair. Another, I guess, another thing that I wanted to mention that happened this year of why we felt successful is that we were really able to invest a lot in the farm. So with kind of the the increased numbers, we were able to uh, hire some more help, which was huge for getting projects done that we coming into this year we didn't have on even on the radar. We we accomplished some project projects this year that we thought were like five years down the road. Um, so that just feels like a huge success for us. We were able to put up a deer fence around eight acres of our property. We were able to um, wow. put up this uh, third big greenhouse to increase our capacity. Uh, and we were able to continue working on our wash pack station. Uh, we, we were able to purchase a delivery van. So for the last four years, we've been using the family car to do all our deliveries. Um, and we knew, my wife knew more than anything, more, more, more than I did. She really realized that that was a risk, um, if we, you know, if, if something happened to that car and our family got left without a car this year, we've always done our deliveries and this year we hired help. So to have someone else driving the family car was a, a certain liability. Um, so it was a stretch in the spring, but we decided to purchase a small um, Nissan cargo van. And that was just a great decision uh, to have a separate delivery vehicle. Uh, so all yeah, I mean, that also along with the deer fence, those two projects just weren't, they weren't even in the realm of possibilities when 2020 started. So we're really, we're really grateful we were able to do them. Uh, and we think going forward that we'll maintain the same numbers, but we will um, not be making so many investments in one year, hopefully again on the farm <laughs> for, for a while. So we'll try and maintain maintain what we have going in a sense. Did you have to take out uh, a loan to cover some of those projects to kind of make those investments to propel your, your farm forward? Or was that supported by the early CSA membership increase? So the van and the deer fence, we were able to pay um, kind of out of pocket. And this greenhouse, we have um, we have a line of credit that we paid off in the spring. And so we just took that out again to cover uh, a good chunk of the greenhouse. Um, so then we'll have to pay that line of credit back this coming year. But mo- yeah, the majority of it, we were able to cover with our cash flow. The, the improvements in our wash station and our wash pack station, uh, we were able to do some of that with cash that we had on hand and some of that came from a grant through nofa um for the for the farmer of the month every month they pick a farm and it's a nice um really helpful chunk of money to advance in a project so we use that to electrify our barn um get some of the drainage issues solved that we had and put uh water right into our wash pack area um, but that said, uh, we have we are stretched thin now. So it's December third, and we're really grateful that we've done all these projects. But it's also left us in a more vulnerable position, more vulnerable position going into winter than we would like. Um, 
but we're, you know, we have more confidence that we'll be able to keep our cash flow going. We have more confidence in our earning potential than even we did a year ago. <laughs> Long-term benefits that are just going to multiply your production and your efficiencies and all that. Yeah, correct. The we were really scrambling in the spring uh, that we, you know, more than doubled our CSA to to plant all of the summer crops in our greenhouses. We were really, really tight on space. So having another greenhouse uh, will, I believe, allow us to not only have more spring, fall, and winter sales, but also just offer, um, you know, more tomatoes, more peppers, uh, more crops that people really love in the summer share. Thinking back to March when everything felt uncertain, I'm I'm sure you didn't just grab the bull by the horns immediately as the world was seemingly falling apart. Uh, what what were you thinking back then, mid March, and how did you um, come to the mindset that you needed to to pivot? Were people coming to you? First, so you realized you needed to increase that CSA, or were you kind of scratching your head on on figuring out how you could change up the business this year? Well, that's a really good question. Uh, I it definitely started with people coming to us. Uh, we just had, as I mentioned, such a demand that we realized uh, that there was an opportunity for us to provide something that our community really needed uh, in a different capacity than we had been. So we, uh, um, as soon as we saw that need, we looked at what we could do production-wise and what we felt comfortable with. And before we knew it, we were at that mark and more and more people kept on reaching out to us. Uh, So that number kept on shifting with, you know, at first, last winter when we made our projections, for what our summer CSA could and would be in 2020 this year. I really wanted to get to 90 CSA members. uh, And my wife, we had been at um, 55 to 60 range, and she knew that, you know, the rate we've been growing, it it would be really hard. She's really good at marketing, uh, has a lot of experience, and kind of recognize that it would be hard to get to 90 and we should be a little more cautious in our projections. Uh, and then before we knew it, and once the, and probably beginning of April, we were already at 100 members, which was the upper range of what I felt comfortable with production-wise. Uh, but then we were able to bring uh, another person on our team who we already knew, who we know uh, is just incredibly capable. Uh, and that I think shifted our mentality a little bit. And we also looked at, we had already had, um, some fields that had been cover cropped for a few years. So we knew we could expand into those. Uh, and that number kept growing. I think we went to 120 and then realized that, woof, we had still 20 plus people on the waiting list and okay, kind of every every week once things were rolling and we were starting to plant more um i you know i would think okay we can take 10 or 20 more people uh and so that's how we got up to just about 150 csa members but it wasn't overnight it took me um a little bit of time to feel comfortable with yeah just knowing you know having the confidence that we could do it because i also um 
I didn't want to take too much on and really shoot ourselves in the foot because knowing that it was a really great chance for us to get our farm uh, to where it needed to be, to where it needs to be, but also if we didn't do a good job, we could really be hurting um, our, our future possibilities. So I was taking more on as we just really felt confident that we could do a good job. Yeah, there's a, a lot of risk there and a whole lot of leaps forward on your farm this year. Like you said, those four projects between the just expanding production and putting up a greenhouse and the deer fence and the wash pack, like you had a ton going on. So that's like so much to take on in, in 2020 on top of all the other stresses and things going on. That is insane. I should, um, I should definitely <laughs> mention that, you know, without a really great crew and team, we would have never even dreamed of doing this. Um, we've had a brother and sister who'd been, this was their fourth year working with us. Uh, I had a really good friend who is training to be an electrician and uh, at the restaurant where he was managing closed. So he was able to come and be uh, on our team full-time until mid-July. Uh, and then we also hired someone from the restaurant, from a restaurant who had to close during the pandemic, who also had a lot of experience um, yeah, working on a, on a line uh, where there's a certain pressure and a certain speed. So I was able to kind of leave the farm quite a bit uh, and manage these projects. And they were able to uh, really do a great job with um, maintaining the production. And especially, you know, in the in the times where we were really critically making these projects happen, they were able to do a lot of the harvesting. Uh, and we could just had a team that we could trust that knew we, we knew they were going to help us get it done. So without their help, no way that we would have taken it on. Um, so that's, that's been a really critical part. And I mentioned that, yeah, just getting, you know, working, we really worked up to this. So we had already put a lot of energy and resources into our wash pack station. Um, we already had two really large greenhouses. So there was, you know, and we already had our systems, like we didn't change practically anything about the way we were growing this year. So I think that really helped yeah. um, just having those systems in place and then being able to kind of rock it forward with, you know, not needing to invent a bunch. Right. You weren't trialing new systems. You were just increasing what you're doing with them. Correct. Now, still, though, that's a, a big leap to increasing that much volume of product and that many more customers. Um, that's a whole lot more planning did you have any hiccups or shortfalls in in your crop plan um so throughout the season the first kind of the first round of things that we had planted in early to mid march uh we were a little tight on so the first week or two of the csa the bag was smaller than it was the rest of the year um, I think one or two people reached out with concern the first week or two of like, hey, this doesn't seem like very much broccoli. Um, but then once the second round of things kicked in and we were harvesting, which happens pretty quickly in the spring, just because of the sunlight, you know, I think crops catch up. Um, we had plenty because because we 
um, kind of doubled the volume that we were doing as soon as we saw that um, need, as soon as we saw that need and that chance for us to kind of more than double our volume, we were doubling all the production and confident from what we had been producing that our, you know, our numbers were good of how much we could harvest off of a bed and things like that. Um, after, after those first couple weeks, we were really fine. And a couple, we had some crops that did not do as well this year as they have in the past. We've always had really great peppers. Uh, greenhouse peppers have been an awesome crop for us. And we really had a tough time with them this year. They just didn't produce nearly what they usually do. Um, so even with a couple crops that didn't do as well as we had hoped or expected, we were still able to offer a, a great CSA. And again, that comes back to like thanking our team that they really stepped up. Um, and, and the planning work that we had done had been, you know, close enough that we were able to offer a great product. And so I think that'll help us retain a lot of our customers. Yeah. that uh, sounds like a pretty, pretty successful year, even after a bit of a rough first impression, maybe if bags weren't quite so full to all those new customers, but uh, that's good that you're able to recover and fill those up pretty quickly. Yeah. And they were the, the couple of people who had concern were new. So the folks who had been CSA yeah. members for years, um, you know, they knew more what to expect. Uh, and just immediately addressing those concerns and talking with them. And then they finished the season really happy customers. So rather than ignoring it, you know, we we reach right out to them and make any changes, send them double, you know, more the next week to make up for what their feeling was about the previous week. And they turn out to be happy customers. I We really... You know, we noticed this year that it was it's a sensitive year uh, because so many people have lost their jobs because the pandemic has been an added stress on everyone's life. We did really try and fill the bags um, as much as we could. Uh, so going forward in the season, just thinking that knowing that more people are cooking at home this year than ever before, uh, knowing that people could really use the extra produce in the past. We've been cautious to not fill the bags too much because, you know, we've heard and gotten feedback um, that the minute CSA members start throwing away food, they're not going to do a CSA the next year. So we really tried to make a balance of not giving people too much food. And this year, I would say we definitely erred on the side of giving people more, um, knowing that, yeah, it was something that we could do from our with our work to help families uh, through a challenging year for everyone. Well, thanks for sharing uh, how, how this year was successful for you. I mean, like you said, it's been a sensitive year for some, but to, to hear a success story and to see how making these investments and setting up your farm and your practices, like over the course of three, four, five years, like finally, enables your business to to get some traction and uh it's really great to hear that and and i appreciate you sharing um a, a great example and a positive outcome uh especially as we wrap up uh 2020 here sure well thanks thanks for asking and yeah it has been a risk a good amount of risk over the last four or five years setting up our farm and you know believing that it would work out uh has 
always needed to be a reality for us and all the people who help us. So to finally feel like we're really charging in that direction has, yeah, been a, been a great success this year. Um, yeah, I think it's just really important that, you know, that we were able to, that we were able to do that because we had an awesome support network. We had an awesome community, uh, and an awesome crew. Uh, and that's how we were able to fill this need and take our farm forward without, you know, without help, uh, without that help, we wouldn't have been able to do that. If people want to, uh, find and follow along with you or reach out with questions, how can they do that? Oh, through our website, uh, anandagardens.com. Uh, our emails are on there and yeah, there's, we're, we're not big social media. Um, we're not really tapped into social media. So I think following us on our website or email, uh, or giving us a call is the best way to reach out. Sounds good. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you learned something today or plan to make a change on your farm, let me know. I'd love to receive any feedback you have. Just click the link in the description to submit the form. It will help the future of this podcast to be a resource that is helpful for you. And while you're at it, I hope you go ahead and subscribe, share this with a friend, or leave a comment. And if you want more information, check out the show notes on our website at agengpodcast.com. That's A-G-E-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day. The proceeding has been a production of University of Vermont Extension. For more information on Extension, log on to www.uvm.edu extension.